What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Markeith. And Jared, one and only, too smooth. Okay. And it, no, I, no, no. I, I, I thought you was going to finish it this time. Oh, no. I was, I was going to leave it there. I wasn't going to. <laughs> okay. And welcome back to Man Cave. So on today's episode, we decided to dig a little deeper. You know, um, so Jared, tell them what we're talking about. Today, we're talking all about taxes. Woo! Y'all don't seem excited. You're not excited. I mean, I would much rather learn how. Never mind. Okay. Now, I'm just playing, y'all. We're talking about trauma. And, you know, we're going to really dive into it because a lot of people are suffering from trauma and they don't know exactly what it is and how to deal with it. So, we're going to start off with the definition. Tell us. You see, you got your your professional clothes on, you know, your, your doctor's outfit. <laughs> so, so, tell us exactly what is trauma. Okay, so I'm going to read the definition because I can never give a proper <laughs> definition off head. I mean, you know, off, you know, off top, off the dome. So the proper definition of it is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. That is what characterizes trauma. But it's like most of life. Really? Honestly, it sounds like work. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, and um, not only just trauma, though, but a traumatic experience is also something that is like characterized by an event or a series of events that causes deep distress or just stress in general. You know, and it's usually marked by a sense of horror, helplessness, or a serious injury, etc. Okay. And so I feel like when you put it like that, it definitely helps what I was saying earlier when I was saying that everybody deals with trauma mm-hmm. in some type of way. So like, as of right now, without, you know, not putting your business on front street, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not saying do that, uh-huh. but what is a, I'm not going to say the number one, what is a major traumatic experience in your life? Hmm. Amazing, traumatic. You huh? definitely I, did. I, 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 um, <laughs> I would, I would, I would call the major traumatic experience in my life is the one that shaped my responses or shaped who I was later. That the thing that had the the the, the biggest, the biggest, um, the biggest impact on how my life turned out. You know, until the Lord stepped in. Amen. Um, <laughs> um, I would definitely say, uh. When I was when I was a kid, definitely. Um, how do you be going again? Well, no, that that's on you. That's what okay. I said. You don't okay. have to tell us that like about... your mom was an axe murderer. You know, hmm. you don't have to. You don't have to go that deep. Well, you know? She wasn't with everybody else, but she was with us though. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that be? Um, no, uh, I would definitely say as a as a child when I was uh, when I was sexually abused. You know, that was the most traumatic experience of my life. It kind of like made me a very very lustful person in like the long run whether i was acting upon it or not my mom's toe up okay i think that that's interesting because literally just the other day i saw a statistic and if i had thought about it, i would have written it down mm-hmm. but it was saying excuse me it was saying how many uh people are sexually abused as children and the funny thing about it is you know when we think about like sexual abuse we always see it as like okay well you know it's a thing that happens to girls, mm-hmm. but it actually happens to boys in numbers that are very similar, if not almost the same, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the rate I want to say might have been like, it might have been like one in three, one in four, you know, and so like, what I want to know is because I, I, I didn't have that happen to me, but I know that there are probably a lot of people out there who do fall in that category. 
you know, what are some of the ways that it affected you? <laughs> without you know, without putting it, your business. Of course, on the of course. Uh, it's crazy. I think this mic is it's not facing. Go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. Oh, it's definitely not. I tried to get it to turn, but I didn't want to break it. Let's try. It. That's much better. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> um, like I said, extremely lustful. You know, um, it really, really shaped um the way that I see people. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like for a long, long time. I kind of just saw people as like, you know, in a very sexual way rather than just seeing them as people. Yeah. And this was from a young age. You know, somebody that young should not be thinking like that. Right. Um, not only that, uh, it, it, it really it really made me feel like I had to prove myself a lot more. Like kinda like how Best of Tide said. You know, yeah. like I had to prove your like prove like prove my masculinity, you know, in a way. Okay. I feel that. That's crazy because I feel like a lot of people are like that. So I guess since I put you out there I'll go ahead and answer my own question. Oh, I was about to, you know, I was about to there. <laughs> I, I already nope. know you was gonna take it there. <laughs> but um, I would say uh, one of the most traumatic experiences for me probably would be uh, let's see, if I had to pick, I would probably say, and you know, this is. I'm not, you know, this is just my story. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not telling nobody else's side of the story. I'm not, uh, you know, painting pictures or anything like that. Like I said, I'm telling my story. It would have to be um, when my brother got married and I wasn't prepared for it. And I know that probably sounds like so small and minute. Yeah, it probably (laughs) sounds so dramatic. Uh, I won't go into detail, but the way that it happened wasn't ideal, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and once again, this is not taking jabs. This is not, this is just what it was, you know? And so it kind of made my whole little world blow up. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, after that, my nephew passed. And so that was like the, it's kind of like when you boxing and, you know, you, you throw in jabs, right? Those are like the, the smaller punches. They still hurt. So like the, him leaving was the initial punch but then when my nephew passed that was the that was the knockout hit Mm -hmm. and so in the long run um it made me suppress a lot of feelings which i already didn't know how to express myself anyway as a kid (laughs) you know that Mm. um it made me be really angry um feel really alone and misunderstood and yeah it was just a lot of unresolved hurt that followed me into adulthood Mm. so how would you say that shaped you in a way? Well, it shaped me in a lot of bad ways first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, if I'm just being honest, you know, we, and, and, we're transparent. Yeah, and that's kind of what I meant. Like, okay, at this point, like, when we say, when I say how they shaped you in a way and, like, how we, what we're talking about, those are trauma responses. Okay. You know, in the way that we responded to those traumas. Kind of like, you know, for example, somebody was in a car wreck, so from now on, they don't even want to get in the car anymore mm-hmm. because they're traumatized from what happened. That is their response to trauma. So aside from anger and everything, you know, like, were there any other, like, responses you had to that situation? Oh, definitely. Um, I didn't attach to people, for real, because, you know, when you lose somebody like that that's significant to you, you find it hard to, you know, open your heart back up and, you know, really receive that person as the gift that they are Mm. and so it made me really closed off for like a really really long time 
Um, I honestly think I probably suffered some mild depression <laughs> during that point. Mild. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say mild. You know, some some depression during that point. And uh, it really just made me a closed-off person. It made my heart hard. And I pretty much built a stone wall around my heart to where, like, okay, I'll never let anything else get on the inside, you know, and have, and potentially hurt me. And so I would think that that's probably one of the biggest trauma responses I had. What about you? Excuse me, I don't know if you're doing a burp. <laughs> um, my biggest trauma response was that I was confused for most of my life. Like, I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I could think about was what had happened to me, what what I went through, you know, and stuff of that sort. That's it, it really, really had me out here thinking, like, you know, like, I don't necessarily know. Put it this way. It really, really shaped the way I view God, mm. if we're being real. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. You ain't got any, okay, you ain't no, got no, 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 I'm laughing because that because that's usually what a therapist will say. Tell me a little bit more. About oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one of our things to use. Um, so, uh, so but I say when I say it changed the way I view God, I viewed him as more so of like a negligent parent. Because mm. you know, back then, you know, grew up in church, I always knew about the Lord. You know, I was really excited back then. You know, as a child, right, you right. know, if, if, the, if your mom said the Lord lit, then the Lord lit. Right, that, yeah. that, that, that's you, you what take it is. everything they say. Exactly. So honestly, I kind of like, I kind of really just was like, well, dang, the Lord ain't the, ain't that lit, huh? Like, and, and and it really just had me question every single thing. Like, it had me question, you know, His word and everything. It had me question like my actions and like maybe be like, oh, the word say this, I'm try for myself, <laughs> you know, type thing. And you know, and and that was just at a young age. And as I got older, it kind of. I didn't think that way initially anymore, but it was kind of like ingrained in the back of my head. So everything mm-hmm. I did was kind of more so like, a, I'm going to see for myself kind of thing. You yeah. know, it wasn't until freshman year of college when I got my life together. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, better late than never, right? Right. Better late than never. Better now than later. I think another thing I, I didn't say about uh, the passing of my nephew, it really shaped my idea of manhood. Mm. Because I feel like my entire youth, I had this idea of manhood. But it was all, first off, it was toxic. <laughs> Second, a lot of it was stupidity. <laughs> and third, a lot of it was just trauma responses. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had the idea that men were not supposed to cry. They were not supposed to show emotions and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, literally, this honest to God truth, <clears throat> after my nephew passed, I didn't cry for the next I want to say about 10 years, maybe somewhere around there, like, like just for real, just let loose cry because I felt like men didn't cry, you know, because I remember, uh, I I didn't see my father cry. Matter of fact, I never saw him cry ever in my childhood. Mm. If so, I don't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so to me, you know, instead of picking up all the good things that he was putting down, and all the positive things that he was showing me of what it meant to be a man. I I just took all the negative stuff and just ran with it, you know? (laughs) And I I never really heard him, you know, just talk about how he felt about things or, you know, just his emotions or even see that level of vulnerability. And so it made me feel like to be vulnerable was to be weak and to be weak was to not be a man. And it wasn't until I got older and got better understanding and essentially 
got some deliverance from that. You know, the mm-hmm. Lord really had to work with me and and do things in me for a long, long time before I could even start to take a step in the right direction. Mm, that's a real good one. And it's interesting, though, because a lot of the times people will really just think like, people really think like, oh, that's just the way I am. Right. And not necessarily, you know, like understand that there were, that there was probably something that happened or probably events that mm-hmm. led up to that, to, to you being like that. Because I know, um, I know I had a client who was telling me that they was, um, that they just, they hated to listen to, I forgot what song it was, but it was a particular song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why? And they was like, I don't know, the song just makes me mad. And I was like, well, have you heard this song before? It was like, I mean, yeah, a long time ago, but like as of right now the song it really just it like it, it strikes something up in me so as we continue working and working and working and things of that sort come to find out the reason they hated that song so much was because it was their father's favorite song mm. and their father would play that song whenever he was beating the crap out of them mm. to kind of like kind of like yeah. you know block the noise out from like mm-hmm. neighbors or i don't know who he's blocking noise out from. I think they live in an apartment, so probably the neighbors, yeah. So, and then, you know, and, and listening to that song always brought back so many bad memories, but it was suppressing them. Yeah. And more so just like showcasing it as anger, you know, which is why I always say anger is a secondary emotion. Right. You know, so, so yeah, it, it, it's plenty, 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 probably, probably, we could probably sit there and unpack that forever, honestly. Probably, yeah. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> we ain't doing that, all right? You know, I think that that's interesting, though, that you said that that anger is a secondary response because uh, I, I once heard I think it was Jimmy Rollins. Oh, forgive me if I'm messing your names up. If you ever see this, <laughs> your first name is Jimmy. No, I, I know that much, but I believe it was him. He was saying that a lot of times uh, when things happen to us, especially when we're younger, you know, they tend to not only shape who we are. But like you said, they create these responses in us. And so as we get older and we finally get to the point where it's like, okay, I want to do a little bit better. I want to start to heal. I want to start to, you know, try and patch myself up. At that point, we're just cleaning up the blood. Mm. And so what he said was we spent our whole lives, you know, trying to clean up the blood, trying to put, you know, a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. You know, and I I don't remember if he said that part, so I'm improvising now. Mm. But we never actually get to the point of trauma. And the trauma is the bullet. You know, the Mm -hmm. bullet is never taken out. Therefore, the wound never properly heals. And so we spend our whole lives cleaning up the blood that spewed out over everything and trying to fix the situation when we're not getting to the root of the problem. Mm. And and a lot of the times that happens because... I'm (laughs) spitting. It happens because... um, Spitting facts, huh? Uh, okay, then let's go with that. Um, that happens a lot because people, people will often like if something was so traumatic or they just or they would just like, or it was so so big in their lives they will literally ju- they will literally just forget it. Yeah. Like you know how some people some people can't even recall certain points of their life. Like why don't you remember that? And I don't know. I just can't. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And 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 you really can't remember because you won't let yourself remember. It's kind of like. It's kind of like when I was talking to somebody the other day. I kind of had to like guide them a little bit. Be like, you know, oh, this happened. And I was like, okay, why? Just think. You don't remember because you're not letting yourself remember. You know? Disclaimer, he's talking about me. Okay? <laughs> we don't have to pretend. Okay? <laughs> this is something that, like I said, this is a 
process. Like, mm-hmm. literally was helping me through this the other day. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to go ahead and throw that no, out. No, no, you good. I just wanted to know. I want, uh, look, he said it himself. I believe in confidentiality, okay? I'm a professional. So no, I, I don't want to put my clients out there. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was me. But yeah, and it, it was, it was kind of like, you know, you was just asking questions. It, it kind of like sometimes people just won't allow themselves to remember. And I literally just had to say, like, let yourself remember. I say, yeah, it hurts. A lot of times they don't want to remember because it hurts too much because they don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like they ain't got the energy to deal with that crap, like me, um, like I was. I mean, and so and so, therefore, like they will literally go their entire lives with this missing part, like or just bits and pieces that they just can't recall, and just try to like make up something to just bridge the gaps and things of that sort, and trying to just heal. When honestly, you can't heal if you just won't allow yourself to remember and process that. Right, and I I think that's that's a really really important part. The, the processing is the hard part the hard because I feel like part. there's the trauma, there's the processing of the trauma, then there's the healing and the dealing with the trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think the processing is the hardest part because that's the part where you're most vulnerable and you really have to sit and you have to work through it and you have to think about it. And it, it really grieves you, you know, like it, oh, literally. it can literally hurt, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I think that's why as men, a lot of times, like I, like I said, it, it made me feel like being vulnerable was weak. Mm-hmm. And I think that because that's the idea that society pushes, that masculinity is to just be strong all the time. So we feel like, you know, well, if I just pretend to be strong, then I am strong, right? And like you said, it creates those mental blocks. And then you never actually deal with the problem and you're actually weak. You know, mm-hmm. it, it take, to me, it, more, it takes more strength to be vulnerable than it does to be strong and it does Ooh, being strong is that thing have your back hurting have have your life toe up actually i want to say say being strong i would say being ignorant because you 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 try to you try to say you're being strong and really you're just being stubborn right and you're just not letting things uh letting things go or letting things happen the way they need to happen but i had a point i was about to say and i think it kind of left me a little bit um i think it was more so along the lines Oh crap! I should. Well, I can I can interject. Um, yeah, interject real quick. I actually want to disagree. I feel like sometimes it's not always stubbornness. Sometimes you really just don't know. That's why I said ignorance you know. as well. Oh well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really think it's a lot of, especially with men. I think it's a lot of ignorance, because, you know, like I said, society is always pushing this picture of like, you know, well, men shouldn't cry, mm-hmm. men shouldn't feel, men shouldn't hurt. They shouldn't, you know, they barely won't let you smile. You know, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. smile too hard. They're like, oh, he's gay. And it's like, what? I'm just happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't smile. Like, when did that become gay? But, um, yeah, like, I, I really think it's a lot of ignorance. And I, I think that's why we have to do a better job of being able to recognize trauma. Mm-hmm. But what were you about to say? But, okay, remember remember that it, it deals with vulnerability, okay? Because mm-hmm. I want to make this point. But I said um, ignorance and then stubbornness because at first it starts off as ignorance. And then, you know, when after a while, once you've learned something for so long, like it's kind of like trying to make a, like a, make, like teach an old dog a new habit. Mm-hmm. on the old dog new tricks yeah you know and, and, and it's kind of like it's become a habit and it's like instead of doing better or learning more and everything you just become like stubborn like well this has always been so forget it you know and it's how that's how a lot of people are but well that point i was gonna make about vulnerability um i actually i actually love country pop relief i actually love tears i love to see people cry 
I do, and it's kind not of sick over It's you. not, and it's not in a sadistic way because when you're crying, something's happening. Something's happening. Okay, you're yeah. feeling something. It's, something, yeah, it's, it's something explained. inside of you is working. You're processing something. So that's why anytime I see tears, I'm like, okay, good. So something's happening. Like that, you're processing. You're letting something go. You know, and then like in that moment, it's like after a person let their tears fall, it's like they just be like, well, I have nothing else to lose. So I might as well just let it all go. You know, and that's why I, I absolutely love tears. That's just me. I mean, you know, the ones that mean something, not okay. boo crying on TV. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand that. You know, um, that's kind of how it was for me. That that first cry after all those years, mm-hmm. it's like the the floodgates just opened, and and so much that I had been carrying over the seasons just poured out. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do agree. Like you can't just. You know, everybody's not a crier though. Everybody's you not know, a crier. It's everybody's true. not. But but I feel like if it's something that, you know, if, if crying is the response, then it is okay to cry. It does not make you weak. Let's not forget the shortest, but some one of the most powerful verses in the Bible says that Jesus wept. And he wept. All right. And so Marquise will weep. <laughs> so <laughs> we talking about the depressing stuff, but like as a, you know, specialist and a professional, hence your outfit. Tell us, how do we deal with trauma? Because y'all saw, I just admitted a few minutes ago, I'm still struggling with mine. We mm-hmm. all are. So tell us, what are some of the ways like that we can deal with them? There's many, many different ways. But one of the biggest ways I always like to um, point out is honesty. You, you, can't, you, have to, you have to be willing to be honest about what's going on. You also have to be willing to be willing to change because some people like or better yet i guess a better way to say it would you have to be willing to you have to be willing to let go mm-hmm. you have to be willing to let go because some people like they will literally hold on to that anger that they hold hold on to that anger that they that they're holding on to from for someone else for lack of better words um holding on to that anger from from you know like being raped or holding mm-hmm. on to that anger from being abused, or maybe they're holding on to that, to that, to that depression of uh, of losing their child, because losing losing a child is traumatic. It's yeah. crap, you know. And um, a lot of people, you know, like it's like they just don't want to let go because they feel as though if they let that go, then they have nothing else. Yeah. Some people actually hold on to their traumatic experiences because it's actually all they have. And so, first first thing I would say is to be honest. Be honest with yourself about what happened how it happened, you know? And then after that, the process looks different for every for everyone. My process is more so like, um, once I was able to talk about it and think about it, you know, then I started to allow myself to express it or grieve it in different ways. What I did was I, I, I wrote. I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And I prayed and I wrote and I prayed. You know, and I prayed until something. No, no, people say that the term "pray until something happens." Push, yeah. Push until pray until something happens. Yep. Boy, did I push? Okay, I prayed and I prayed and I wrote and I prayed and I wrote and I prayed. Now that's just me, okay. But for somebody else, they may they may just look like you know, like isolating themselves for a while. You know, letting them process it. You know, or maybe it might look like going to therapy because a lot of the times therapy is the best way to help you. Um, matriculate through that process because a lot of people sometimes when going through these experiences you get stuck which mm-hmm. is exactly why I had my you know my friends with me you know because whenever I was stuck 
I'll go talk to them. And they talk <laughs> me off that ledge or they give me that little push I need to keep going. Like, it's good to have community when you're dealing with this, this trauma. It's not good to go through it by, your, by yourself. That's yeah. just the real non-professional version of it, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. One of the things I wanted to piggyback off of that you said I thought was really good when you were saying that they, they don't want to let go of that trauma mm -hmm. because they feel like they have nothing else. I think that that's really, really common. People use their trauma and turn it from an experience into an identity. There we go. And I feel like that's one of the things that we do a lot of times as men. Bad things will happen to us at some point in our lives and then we spend the rest of our lives operating from that one experience and it dictates everything that we do mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like like i used the analogy about you know the bleeding earlier it's like okay well i bled all over these pants because i got shot in the leg now all my pants i'm aware are just gonna be red mm -hmm. because that's what i'm used to and it's like well there's a whole other rainbow of colors that you could be wearing you could be fresh to death styling and profiling but now you're wearing red all the time you know and so I think that it's very important to not allow that to become your identity. But I also think that this is important is you just literally just told me the other day was to validate your trauma. Because just because it doesn't look like somebody else's doesn't mean that it still wasn't traumatic to you. Mm. You know? And like like y'all saw, we I have two You did. Oh, good, good. <laughs> you say some good stuff. All right. But you know, we all have different types of trauma mm -hmm. like y'all saw that ours were very very different that's you know what i'm saying very different but they still affected us in major major ways mm -hmm. and so i feel like you should never get to the point where you feel like oh well because i wasn't you know abused as a child and my parents didn't beat the sleeves off of me for lack of better words you know my trauma is not as important i should just tough it up i should just suck it up you know, I'm a man, I'm X, Y, and Z. Like, no, you, you're still human. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I pluck you, it still hurt, don't it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even if I pluck somebody else and it might not hurt because they might be bigger than you, mm -hmm. yours still hurt. And I feel like that's how we have to look at trauma. And that's the, that's the one thing I absolutely hate to hear. I mean, well, people got it worse, so I'm going to reason to complain. I absolutely hate hearing that. I feel like that was shade. No, because you'd be surprised how many people I've heard say that okay. sitting across from me. No, sure. because people love to say, oh, people, people out here got it way worse, you know, like, so, so I don't got no reason to sit up here and complain. Okay. Yeah. That's their life. All right. That's their world. Okay. Look at yourself. Look at your world. What you have been through. That was traumatic for you. Okay. Like that dog running away. Probably, probably don't, the, the next person, probably their mama got shot. No. God bless them, you know. Oh, yeah, that's hard, but that's traumatic. I pray that the Lord heals their heart. Your dog ran away. That was traumatic. That was traumatic to you, because now from then on, you always gonna believe that anything you love will, will, will forever leave you. Anything you put your love in is forever just like, just just destined to leave. Like that in itself can be traumatic if if you don't process it properly. If you right. you know, it depends on how you view it and things of that sort. So just because somebody else goes through something way way worse than you it does not make your experiences your trauma any less real or any less painful so i definitely agree with that and uh we pretty much almost out of time so i guess you know i i you know i, I like to give my words of encouragement at the yeah, end i like to say because you're not know, a little nugget yeah but um i don't form it by now <laughs> y'all it should but um I, I would say that uh you know, never be afraid to be 
vulnerable. Never be afraid to feel weak because a bodybuilder doesn't just go in the gym and on his very first day in the gym, right? No muscles, no anything. Squat 400 pounds. It doesn't work that way. You have to go through the process. You have to hurt. You have to feel it. You know what I'm saying? So don't feel like just because, uh, you know, don't, don't feel like that, that uh, you know, just because you have to be weak or you have to be vulnerable, that means that it's not worth going through. And then the last thing I would say is that you are not your trauma. You can overcome it, right? You can never get stuck in that place where you feel like your trauma is your identity. That is correct. And I would also like to throw some scripture out there for y'all. You know, I feel oh, we, like we love the word. You know, when you when you can apply the word to your life, you know, like just something encouraging. You know, I've been holding on to the scripture for like the last few weeks, going on a month. Psalm sixty six twenty two, it says, "Cast your cares upon the Lord." Mm. Okay, that look, I, I I can't fit the rest verbatim, but it's that scripture, that part right there. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Okay, because He cares for you. That. I believe that's the that's yes. the rest of that. Yes, cast your cares mm-hmm. upon the Lord because He cares for you. All right, like just because it happened, it does not mean that the Lord cared about you any less. It does not mean that He was like, "Oh, you know, I'm about to mess your life up." Go ahead, like the Lord don't do nothing like that. Okay, <laughs> I'm like, but you know, that's why I ain't the Lord. Exactly, that's why we ain't the Lord. We have the flesh, you know, because like, like, like if you really cast your cares upon the Lord, like He will really, really handle them. Like He will literally fight your battles. It literally says, literally. "No weapon formed against you shall prosper." That's really common, but y'all. It really hit deep, okay? Because just because it happened does not mean that it has to It has to affect you. It has to... Because you carrying that trauma around for the rest of your life could really affect the people around you. Because the stuff that I went through affected the people around me. The stuff that he went through, you know, affected the people around him. Like, you could be messing up somebody else's life by not dealing with your own problems. But still, you should want to deal with that for you. Right. So... Cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. So let's go out and be better men. We'll catch y'all next time.